Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Mama, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. Good evening, Devil fans, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch. It is Thursday, December 29th. Hope you guys are all having a great holiday season. Last night, the Devils lose to the Boston Bruins by a score of 3-1, to one, which the Devils have now dropped eight of their last nine games. So after going on a 13-game winning streak to start the season, getting themselves off to a huge lead, the Devils somehow find themselves in second place in the Metro Division. Um, it's it's been it is time for panic. Everybody talks about whether is should we be panicking now, and I wouldn't say that we should be panicking, but there is definitely a sense of urgency that you have to start winning some of these games. So the way that I look at it is, while you know, mediocre teams don't go on 13-game winning streaks by any chance. You have to, by any stretch, you have to be a good team to do that. But I also look at it like the good teams don't go on losing streaks where they lose seven, ten games in a row type thing. So they're kind of, it seems like a story of the Devils might not have really been as good as, good as they were at their height, and they're probably not as bad as they are while they're in their valley right now. So the Devils have played 35 games and have 46 points. They're six points behind the Hurricanes, which is crazy to me. And somehow the Pittsburgh Penguins are only two points behind us. The Washington Capitals are two points behind us. And the New York Rangers are three points behind us. The Islanders are four points behind us. We have really found a way to make this interesting after getting off to such an incredible start to the season. Um, it has been a roller coaster of a season so far. So, you know, you, you look back at the first two. <coughs> excuse me. You look back at the first two games of the season. It's complete chaos, and everybody was wanted Lindy fired, and then they go on this huge run, and they do it without Palat, by the way, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Sounds like he's going to be coming back into the lineup, which. We can't get him back into the lineup fast enough. This is a guy that would be ideal to calm these kids down, knows how to win, leads by actions, can score some kind of dirty goals, big goals. That's what he's known for is big goals. And that's kind of what we needed last night in some of these tight games. So is it time to start to start uh, panicking? 
I don't think it is. I don't. And it's not because it's not because um it's because it's not because they went on a win, 13 game winning streak. It's because of the way that they're losing that is kind of comforting. So the Devils have not been outplayed uh, this year very much. There was a couple games. I mean, the Islanders, the Islanders brought it to us. But let me pull up the uh, the old schedule here. So I would say the Islanders brought it to us. Dallas played a good game. But besides that, we we were in all of these games. We obviously, um, I think Vitek Benajek came back down to reality a little bit, although he played a great game last night. Our defenses looked pretty good despite having um, no John Marino. Graves went down. It was ugly. But they call up Ball. They call up Ohutuk. And we'll get into both of those guys in a little bit. Um, but the Devils were hanging in there last night with the Boston Bruins, and they could have easily have won that game. Easily. And that was a game where he should got on the got on the scoreboard, which he's been in a little bit of a scoring drought, so it was good to see him do that. And I don't know. There's something about it where I'm a big Bergeron guy, and I kind of look at Nico, and I think to myself... You know, the thing I like about Bergeron is he scores the biggest goals when the team needs him. And I I want to see Nico start doing that too. Um, and he did. He had a big goal to tie the game up last night. And you thought <clears throat> maybe if this could get into overtime, it could benefit the Devils because of their speed. But they weren't able to make it happen. <coughs> so... Um, it's been fun. We, we've been going to a lot of the games. And I got my brother in town. He he actually went to the game in Florida that they won um, on the Wednesday before Christmas. And they played really good. That was a hell of a game. That was the uh, Matthew Kachuk game. But we got a special guest today. And I got my brother in town from Jupiter, Florida. He's staying with me for the week. He's got his fam here. He's got three kids. And we've been hitting the game, so what did we go to? Let's look at We saw them. We went to the Boston game, obviously. So we went to the game last night, then we went to the game on the 23rd, and then you were at the game last Wednesday, um, and then we're going to go to the game on New Year's Day. So what are your thoughts, Kyle? What are your thoughts on the Devils and this, I don't know, the past week or two or the whole losing streak? Where do you think we are as a team right now? Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you hosting me at your house. Um, glad to do a pod in person. Um, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head, to be completely honest. I, I don't think you panic. I think, you know, obviously it's been a really frustrating drought. I think if you get into panic mode... I think the Devils maybe, I don't want to say that they've reached panic mode, but they might be gripping their sticks a little too tight. That's why you see, to be quite honest, that's why I I think you see pucks not going to the back of the net. Um, 
we can score. We know that we can score. Um, it's it's obviously frustrating when you put a performance out like we did last night. I thought we played really well, but we just didn't execute. I think that's been a problem for this entire drought. I think if you look at our expected um, goals, we've you know we're all the way up there in the top of the charts in terms of expected goals, but you know in terms of actually yeah, it's not translating. Yeah, exactly. So I think we have to take a deep breath and, you know, just go out there and let let it happen. You have to get shots on net, I think, is most important. Yeah, and that's been a big thing with me is I, I'm like, we, we fly too many over the net. We fly way too many over the net. Igor Sharangovich, it's like he has a sick shot. He just doesn't hit the net. Um <clears throat> In in the Florida game that we were at, where you know we won and we you know broke the drought, um, we got shots on net, and we got rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's you know it's it's a lot of just grinding in front of the net. It, it is, and that's when like your skilled players are having trouble finishing. It's like that's when you need you need to get shots on net for guys like Halla, Mercer, and some of these other guys that can go in there and score some gritty goals. And that's why I think Palat is going to be such a huge piece when he comes back because he's able to do a lot of that dirty work that some of the other guys aren't able to do. Like, you know, Michael Miles Wood, people that crash the net. I would like to see the Devils a little more aggressive in front of the, in front of the other team's net. And, and you know, <clears throat> I listened to um, Devils Daily today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they brought up a really good point they they were saying how um maybe maybe it's time like the devils like stop not only stop letting teams like take liberties with them but maybe they get a little more aggressive and a little more dirty and a little more feisty too it's like in the past couple games in the past two games versus boston marchant has taken runs and cross checks behind the play at he I think it was Heischer in both games, actually. It, it was, yeah. There was and, one right by the bench. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and I mean, cross-checks right to the wrist, right to the ribs. It's like, at some point, like, you want to see, and it doesn't have to be Heischer, and you don't want to take a stupid penalty, but it, if you want to play, last night felt like a playoff game. And the Florida game felt like a playoff game, too. And the Boston game last week, they all kind of had that playoff feel to it, where these are good teams, they play a little heavier, but they play with a lot of – they toe the line, and they play kind of gritty, and I think it would be in the devil's best interest. The important games down the stretch when they're playing teams that are right on the cusp of making the playoffs or teams that are fighting for home ice advantage, that's the kind of hockey that they're going to have to play. And it might be a good idea for – I think a lot of the teams in the league now know what the devil's game is like, and they know it's speed and stuff, and they know that they're not a super physical team. And I think teams are start have figured them out a little bit, and they're trying to throw them off their game. This might be a time where you have to like step up and start to maybe play outside your comfort comfort zone a little bit and play a different style of hockey when the speed and the skill isn't translating to goals on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, last night, well, first of all, we we know what happened at the Florida game. Uh, you know, at the end of the game with Matthew Kachuk and, and Nico. And I know that online, you know, Devil's Twitter, I feel like he kind of 
caught a lot of shit to be perfectly honest, um, for not sticking up for himself, just kind of turtling and, you know, it was the end of the game. Um, I think that it, it, that didn't bother me. Players not stepping up around Nico kind of bothered me. If you think about football and you think about your quarterback, um, you know, you always love to see Michael Vick you know, run out and do the amazing things that he did. But when you put yourself in jeopardy, you are the star player. And, you know, obviously I think that Nico's essential to the devil's success. Um, you have to, you have to protect yourself and, you know, you don't want to, you know, Kachuk's a goon. He's a good goon to be, be honest, you know, we were both rooting for him to, you know, to be a part of the devils, you know, in the off season and everything. But, you know, he's, he's a big tough guy and you know what, there's nothing wrong with, in my opinion, uh, you know, just kind of avoiding, uh, uh, avoiding an injury or uh, avoiding uh, a suspension or something there was like, nothing to gain there was not exactly there, there was there, there was, was no, nothing there, to there was nothing to, to gain by that um but i would have liked to have seen a little bit more solidarity around him and and yesterday again there was another there uh, marshawn by the bench and i think that there is uh mcavoy um uh in our zone kind of gave him a, a cheap shot and zetterlin was right there and, you know, I love Zetterlin and I'm not trying to, to criticize him, but I would have liked to have, you know, he's a big, big, strong kid. Would have liked to have seen him step up and, you know, maybe he gets his butt yeah. kicked or whatever. But it's, you know, just yes. you got to you got to you got to protect your, your you got to protect your and captain. It's like you're Fabian Zetterlin. You're not you're not, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko or something like right. that. It's like, right. yeah, you, you you're not. <clears throat> proven enough to not step up for your captain, especially when you're built like a brick shit house. Um, what, one of the guys that I thought who did step up last night was Kevin Ball, and he ended up fighting Trent Fredericks, who mm-hmm. is a serious heavyweight. Um, and obviously, Ball's a huge kid, and he has thrown he's thrown down before, but that's not really what he's trying to do. But I thought it was pretty. I thought it was good of him to stand up for him, and he kind of got his ass kicked. But he stood in there the whole time. It was a long fight, and I was actually really impressed with Ball's game prior to those penalties. So he was playing pretty well, and he was. He's. I. I think he's underrated. Now I. I believe you said he was before the game. He's the most underrated player on the roster. I do think that because he has a little more you don't think of him as having offensive ability, but he does. He, he certainly does. I mean, he, he scored he moves in... the puck in the offensive zone pretty well and you kind of I mean, even me who I'm like who now I I am like noticing it quite a bit. I still don't think of him as an offensive defenseman, but he definitely is able to maneuver and open up some lanes and make some good passes and even get pucks through to the net. You've seen him like carry the puck behind the net too, like kind of circle around with some speed. So I thought he played really good. He made a couple pretty impressive plays with his feet, where he had the puck in his feet. Um, but then he took back-to-back penalties. I mean, literally, he took one as soon as he came out of the penalty box, and it's like, 
Boston's power play is just way too good to take back-to-back penalties. And it's like, we do. We Our team takes a lot of penalties. Yeah, don't Brendan Smith us, ball. Yeah, between, like, Brendan Smith and Wood, and it's like, we take way too many penalties. Um, and I was extremely I was extremely happy with Ohutuk's play, too. He looks sick. Now, he is not putting himself in situations where he's going to get beat. So, like, obviously... He plays a very physical. He's crazy. He, he's he is a wild. He's a wild card. So like, you might get the best out of him, and you might get the worst out of him. But it looks like he's kind of put a governor on that engine, and really re- reeled himself in a bit because right. he knows a bit more conservative. Yeah, he's yeah. playing smarter, and right. he's like, you know what? Like, I don't need to kill anybody today. I could just play my game, and. He has pretty good vision. His outlet passes, he'll hold onto the puck a little bit longer than you would think when he has the puck in his own zone and like skate with it and let the play open up a bit. Like that's stuff that I think a lot of casual fans don't really pay attention to, but typically some of these guys, Brendan Smith, they get the puck and then the first thing that they do is sometimes he doesn't even look up, literally. But they look up and then they fire it to the first person they see and like there's time and they don't take the puck and they you could skate with it, and you could skate with it and allow something to happen, you know what I mean? And I was impressed with the way that he did that yesterday. I thought he played a great game. I thought the defense overall played an amazing, amazing game for having Marino and Graves out of the lineup. Dougie Hamilton drove play the entire game. He was a rock. Um, and Siegenthaler played a lot a lot better, too. Siegenthaler's kind of had a rough stretch. He's one of the guys where he looks like he, he took a couple... He took a step back over this. Um, him and Vanacek, to me, were the guys that kind of took a step back besides the player we're going to bring up in a little bit. But um, it was good to see that pairing look like, you know, they look like the pairing that you saw during the 13-game winning streak. And they drove a lot of play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was frustrating. But the truth is that we could have we won that game. And we just are having problems finishing, and a lot of it has to do with hitting the net. Jesper Bratt is—it's becoming very—it's becoming an issue. To where he had that game in Florida, where let's you know he won us the game. Let's say he did. He won us the game, but boy, it has been a rough month. And, I mean, we're only three months in, and it's too long of a streak to where I really am – I'm really grateful that Tom Fitzgerald, uh, you know, signed him to a prove-it deal. And if he would have played – and I'm not saying he can't still play that way. But I'm saying if he has a season where it's, you know – he, he falls off a little bit from last year, which was obviously a career season. It's going to save the Devils a shit ton of money. And it's going to allow them to do a lot of other things with the team and their personnel, sign players long-term. And um, I don't I don't know what to do with Jesper Bratt right now because he's playing with Jack Hughes, and Hughes is on fire. No doubt. Did you see the play last night when he... 
In the third period, Hughes literally was shot out of a cannon on one of those plays where he came in on like it was like a breakaway pretty much. He just split yep. the defense. Yep. But I mean, it's not like they're not giving Brat players to play with. He's like playing wing for two number one overall picks, and he's not able to make anything happen. I mean, what what's going on with him? I don't know. I think he's probably again. Uh, in panic mode before he needs to be in panic mode, probably again, you know, cliche gripping the stick too tight, um, not getting shots on net, maybe holding on to the puck too long. I think that for the past maybe three years, the Devils have had a tendency to, um, it's like, let's get some. This year we're getting shots on net, but for the past two years you know we were just weren't getting enough shots on net trying to be too fancy um you know tic-tac-toe whatever it's like just get the puck to the net and grind it out um i'm I'm, to be honest i'm not really sure what's going on with him he's a very streaky player um in my opinion and you know i'm not trying to, to to pick on brat uh, just to be, you know, have full disclosure with, you know, your, all of your listeners. We're critical of, of everyone, especially Bill. Um, he's critical of Jack Hughes when he has, has bad, bad games and, you know, kind of makes some boneheaded plays in our own zone. Um, you know, we're just trying to call it like it is. And if we're, if, you know, he's expecting $8 million, it's not, performing like an $8 million player. He's not performing like a $7 million player, in my opinion. No, he's not. And he kind of gets a pass from the Devils community. He does. He he, he, he does. He does. He's a, he, There's a love affair with the Devils community and Jesper Bratt, and he gets a pass. And, like, my dad loves Jesper Bratt. And, like, you know, we had the Brat Pack on the last show. People love Jesper Bratt, like... I, I love Jesper. I love Brad. Jesper. Brad. And, and, and I he's know a six-round yeah, pick no, who he, like yeah. turned out. I mean, the kid could skate and has like he could stick handle in a phone booth. But at some point, dude, you got to start producing. Like it's it's gotten it's gotten hairy. Um, so the Devils are able to sign him as of Sunday. So they could sign an extension right, as right, of Sunday. Right. And I'm really curious. You know. Tom Fitzgerald straight up came out and was just like, there's other people that we're going to need to sign to. And I don't want to go down this road, but just because we brought it up the other night on the car ride home, it's like, if Jesper Bratt refuses to sign or he wants to go and be a restricted free agent and go to arbitration, um, you have to get rid of him before you sign that deal. Because... He's a restricted free agent now. Get rid of him before the deal comes so that you're not trying to get rid of him going into unrestricted free agency. Right, and you have no leverage. And I don't think that they... And they don't want to get rid of him. And I don't think that Jesper Brett wants to leave either. I think he no. really... Yeah. He knows that everybody loves yeah. him. Shout out to the Brett Pack. And I mean, it's like... Yeah. And everybody... Everybody's on board. It's like... Come on, dude. Like... Take the fucking five and a half million dollars. Take the, I don't know, whatever they're going to offer him. If, if I was Tom Fitzgerald now, I'd throw five million dollars at him. 
or $6 million and say, here it is. This is the term. Take it or leave it. And Jesper Bratt would be stupid to not take it. I agree. He's a young player, and he's got a long career ahead of him. So, you know, I think when uh, when Jack signed, uh, he said something along, along the lines of, you know, um, you know, he obviously got eight and eight and, you know, it's like, what's the difference between, you know, yeah. 64 and, you know, $70 million, you know, you're, he's going to have the opportunity for another, you know, big contract, you know, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, I know. And, um, and like, you know, Jonas Siegenthaler took a, took a hometown discount. Yeah, no. And we love him for it. It's like. Come on, man. So we'll, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a story in itself, and uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Can I just bring up walking out of the the rock last night? Yeah, uh, obviously a, a huge Boston presence, and getting a little bit of guff from them, and then we're we're walking out. We're in the concourse, and a Devils fan comes out, and he's an older guy. And he tries to start a, a, a fire Lindy chant. It, it was, it was, oof. it was despicable to, <laughs> to me. I mean, I believe I told him to f off, but you did. It just because was that Lindy Ruff's fault last night? No, no, it, not in not in any way. The team came out prepared. The team came out firing on all cylinders. We may have have slumped a little bit in the second period. But we, but I thought that we were prepared. Team was prepared. They played very well. That's not Lindy Ruff's fault. Forget about last night. I'm saying in the last nine games, the Devils have played hard. It's ben and like, every Ben and it's not like game. they're not coming to play. They have had a problem sometimes getting off to a slow start, but it it's not. The coach has not put them in a bad situation. He hasn't. I think he's given Brendan Smith too long of a leash. Um, there's a couple moves. Like uh, I agree, oh, but I I love bringing up Tice Thompson. Yeah, no, we'll get into Tice Thompson too. And it was okay. like, so yeah, the fire Lindy stuff. Like, get over it, guys. Come on. Where I thought we did get over that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> who who who's you know whatever. But anyway. Um, there's a couple guys where the coaching decisions are made that, you know, I'll question just like anybody else. So, for instance, Brendan Smith's leash before everybody was hurt. Yep. Uh, Jesper Boquist. Yep. I probably would have taken him out of the lineup at some point and put somebody in. But Jesper Boquist, uh, and if you follow me on, on Twitter, he had his best game of the year last night. Yeah, I think it was like one of the best games of his career last night. Probably. And somebody was like, well, he didn't have any shots on net. And I said, did you watch the game? Like, Because if you watch the game, he made a lot of things happen and put a lot of our other guys in good scoring chances and got the puck to him. Dawson Mercer played sick despite losing his teeth from friendly fire. Um, he, was, he was magnificent. That whole line, we've been looking for some sort of chemistry and something to get Sharon Govich and Boquist on the same line moving and they've been playing Holtz with him and it hasn't worked and they put, you know, Holtz watched from the press boxes last night, but Mercer was on that line 
And I don't know what happened to Boquist over, maybe he got laid over winter break or something <laughs> like that, but he came out looking like a different man. And uh, he played himself a hell of a game. I thought he was one of our best players through two periods. Um, I was impressed with his play, and I am very hard on him. So I, was, I think we, I think we, all, most Devils fans, if you're watching, rightfully so, like all of the time, yeah. you know, it, he's the weak link of of the team. Yeah. So. so I was happy to see him. In a perfect world, I still have not given up on Alexander Holtz. I still think he has skill. I still think that they have not played him in the top six where he belongs. Now I'm not saying that he belongs there right now and he's earned that because he hasn't, but. Um, I think when Palat comes back, you're going to be able to slot players a little different, and you might get a guy like, uh, you know, you could put Hall can play on the line with Holtz and somebody, and there's a lot more stuff you could do when you have a top six guy come back. It slots everybody better. But I was kind of hoping that um, I called for Tice Thompson the day before they called him up, actually. You did. And I thought to myself, Tice Thompson... People look at him and they think he's really skinny. The dude plays a pretty heavy physical game for for a skinny kid. He did, and I, I thought he fit real. I thought he just like filled out the BMW line pretty, pretty well. I mean, it looked like they were kind of humming. Now McLeod had a horrible giveaway at one point. He did. He did. Um, but I'm a I'm a Tice I'm a Tice Thompson guy. I think. While Bastion's out, I'm playing him with McLeod and Wood. I agree. I agree. It's, I will say, you know, obviously we've seen this week that Bastion and Plot are both skating, which is, I couldn't be happier about. Um, we're going to have a lot more options uh, with them coming back and going to be able to switch up the, you know, Shuffle, shuffle the lines a little bit more and kind of see what works for us moving forward. But I thought that Tice Thompson filled in really well. And he looked more like an NHL player than Holtz. Holtz, obviously, you know that I love. He has an incredible shot. I think he has a really bright future moving forward. Um, but right now, for what we need... You know, we we lost our big physical presence. Now, Thompson brings yeah. something to the team that where even when Bastion was in the lineup, the Devils can use a little more heaviness for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of options, what are you doing with Mackenzie Blackwood? So the Devils have two very big divisional games coming up Friday and Sunday, Pittsburgh, Carolina. These are four-point games. Now, all of this, losing eight of your last nine, if the Devils were to pull out two wins here, it could really flip the script, and you get Pilat back. It could really flip the script on the outlook of the season and this slump and everything because then you get Detroit and you get St. Louis back-to-back, and those are two teams that the Devils can definitely beat. Um, and then Saturday, you play the Rangers in New Jersey, you could beat the Rangers too. It's like this, a lot can change. These next two games to me are very important because they are divisional games, but also because it gets them out. It would get them out of a slump. It's a four point swing. 
you build a little momentum and then you have a little bit less of a competitive opponent that you might be able to beat up on if you have a little swag to your game and you have a little finesse to your game and then you go against your biggest rivals and you play the Rangers. So my point being is in the next two games, it could really change the the way that people are perceiving the Devils right now. When do you play Blackwood? To be perfectly honest, I don't I don't know how to answer that because um, I believe it started off at a, as a different question. What do you do with Blackwood? And we had spoke at length about this. Um, you know, for the for the past week, we've we've been talking about it all season. But we've, when when are you going to play him next? You obviously aren't going to send him down. So when do you play him next? Do you let him play? You let him play versus Pittsburgh, and then you let VTech play versus Carolina. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or that do would, you just go that would VTech Friday, VTech Sunday, and then play, and then play Blackwood on Wednesday? I would probably go Blackwood, VTech, VTech, but. They could just go. They could just go VTech, VTech, VTech. I mean, that's obviously, uh, that's obviously an option. Yeah. McKenna- the problem, the problem, the prob- uh, the, I think the problem is though that we we have a Kira Schmid, and it's like we shouldn't have to be. We shouldn't have to be in this conversation. We have to. We have to figure out what as an organization. We're we're doing with Mackenzie Blackwood, to be perfectly honest, in my opinion, and you know, he has not made it easy on us. He has not made it easy on us. And again, I absolutely love Brat. I'm not trying to say anything about Brat, but I'm saying as an organization, he's put pressure. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood has put pressure on us. I feel like, you know. He's put pressure on himself. He's put pressure on himself. He has been so blase you know, about everything. He's been blase, but he's he he's been so you know dramatically, radically up and down. You know where it's like, who is this guy? Do we even know what we have when we put him on the ice? I mean, you know, went out and played in Utica and got completely lit up. And whatever, it's like, you know, he's probably not looking at that like it's it's an NHL game, but it's like... But he was coming off of an injury and stuff. He was but, coming off an injury. That's why you put him down there. No, of course. But of that's course. been the story of the guy's career. It has. It's, it's, been, it's been such higher lows, and I feel like between Vanacek and Schmid, we've had such consistency. It, it really has been, you know... So here's the question. Are you willing to part with Mackenzie Blackwood for let's say nothing in order to get this devil's team right now, give them a better opportunity to which we think will be a better opportunity for them to compete for a playoff spot and maybe win a round in the playoffs or something like that by basically trading him at zero value. Or do you try to let him play because the guy has been our quote-unquote franchise goalie for the past couple years 
and try to move him for something where you can get maybe a nice pick for him or you get a player for him. And that's another question, like, is is Damon Severson, and you really wonder what the future looks like for Damon Severson, and Tom Fitzgerald is going to have a hard decision at the end of this once the tra- trade deadline comes around, in my opinion. So I think you could get at least a second-round pick for Severson, maybe a first, depending on the severity of the situation. Um, Severson can quarterback a power play. He's a big right-handed, def- right-handed shot defenseman. These guys are not, you know, they don't come on trees, grow on trees. If you could get a first or second round pick for Severson, do you move him prior to the deadline knowing that you're not going to sign him long term? Or is this like the devil's move? Like if they were to make a move for a player at the deadline by keeping him and forfeiting someone else's first or second round pick to keep him just for the playoff run? Now, mind you, he just played his 600th game as a devil. I mean, there's been so much Severson hate, you know, within the devil's community. And or I don't want to say hate, but I would say frustration. And I understand. No, it's hate. It, it's hate. It's hate. Okay, right. it's hate. I understand. I understand the frustration. Uh, He's looked so, awesome. By the way, since they yes, yeah, absolutely. Since they scratched him, yeah, he's like awesome. He has, he has. Um, I think Severson has the best, you know, cross ice, you know, stretch pass, stretch pass. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, maybe in the league. I mean, he's he's he, that is his specialty and he can deliver on that. I mean, um, that's going to be, that's going to be a really tough decision. I'm glad I don't have Tom Fitzgerald's job to be perfectly honest. Um, not to, to avoid the question, but we were really, what you really asked initially was about Mackenzie Blackwood. And I think that's going to be something that is going to be very pivotal a very pivotal moment of, uh, you, you know, goalies don't grow on trees. NHL goalies don't grow on trees. So, they're, they're, so right-handed defensemen and goalies both don't grow on trees. They don't. They don't. They don't. And we and you know, it's kind of a good problem to have. You know, a bunch of these assets in your back pocket. Now, now at the same time, now wingers, ha- now wingers do grow on trees. Yeah, which we have none of. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's 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 going to be. I'm really interested to see what what Tom Fitzgerald is going to do because you know it's like, do you ride the Mackenzie Blackwood wave until it crashes and we he has no value? Um, is he going to 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 bounce back and become you know? No, no, he's not. He's I, not I, going. I, to I don't believe back. that he is either. But it's like, do you trade him now before? You're not going to get anything from him. No, I don't think that you're going to get anything for him either, but you might get really nothing for him. Or God forbid, if he if somebody he, goes down. Well, Vitek that's exactly. Hurt. Well, I think as, what? I think as Devils fans, it's like that the plight of uh Yeah, you're probably you're probably you're probably better off just hanging on to him, letting him play and then wait it out. Right. And and have and know that you have a you don't even have just Schmid. You have 
Nico Dawes there too. And it's like you have a nice stable of goalies. Right. God forbid something happens. And Jonathan Bernier, like I haven't heard anything on him, but right. Um, you know, obviously we know that he's you know back at practice and everything like that. But it's like we we have no timetable for his like mm-hmm. actual return. In terms of Severson, it's really difficult. It's really difficult because I think that we we saw you know in November that we could be the best team in the league. I'm not saying we're the best team in the league. But we could play with anyone. We could hang with anyone. Uh, Severson was a part of that. And we're, we've obviously been in a rebuild for how many years? 10. No, I know we've been in a rebuild for 10 years, but I'm saying there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Oh no, we're there, there. There's some light at the end of, of of the tunnel, but I'm saying with Luke and Nemitz coming up, you know, oh. Luke Hughes and Nemitz coming up, it's like I feel like we're at a, like a, a rebuild, you know, shots fired, you know, 2.0, you know, where it's like we've 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 made that next that huge next step, but we're going to take a step back with these guys coming in. In my in my opinion, it, it, I, they're not going. Well, to, they're well, not the, going to step in. Well, that's not. A, so listen, I get what you're saying. So you're going to lose Graves. You're going to lose Graves, and you're going to lose Severson. They're both good defensemen. Whether or not you hate the way Severson plays or not, Severson is a good defenseman. So anybody who thinks he's horrible doesn't know what the hell they're looking at. What you're going to have is you're kind of going to replace. It sucks. You're going to lose them, but you're playing ball. And Ohutuk right now. So you're going to have these kids come in, and it's like they're going to be around the same level. You hope that those guys can take just a little bit of a step and take over Brendan Smith's spot for sure. But I get what you're saying. You're going to take a little bit of a step back on defense while these kids play because it does take a young defenseman a little while to really round out. Like, you know, you people look at like Victor Hedman, who's a generational defenseman, Norris Trophy winner. It took him years, years. People don't remember like the first couple years of his career. There are very, very few players that are Kale McCarr esque that just come in, get juiced into the playoffs, and all of a sudden start dancing on the blue line. That's just not very common. Although, if it could be somebody. It could be both of those guys. And if you want to hop and talk a little World Juniors right now, I'm a big World Juniors guy. I'm a big prospect guy, too. I watch a lot of, I watch too much kids' film for sure. Um, Simone Nemitz and Luke Hughes. So. Just to fill you guys in, Bill (laughs) is a big Simone Nemitz. I love Simone Nemitz. (laughs) Simone Nemitz and Luke Hughes, but Nemitz in particular. He is, um, he just looks like, um, he's got a lot of composure. He's so composed. He just looks like, uh, like an adult out there, an old veteran playing with kids, like just seeing the ice so much better and just making these like stupid little moves that free up time and allow plays to develop and just like passes that you would never think of and just 
high hockey IQ. Just insane. And he's so smooth skating. Um, I am, I just think, I was at the Stone Pony when he got drafted. And everybody was on the Shane Wright bandwagon at the time. Right, right. Which, thank God. Oh, my yeah, God. Shane Wright looks so cunty. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Does anybody have a stick up their ass more than Shane Wright? As an 18-year-old professional athlete. I mean, that would... No, you yeah. didn't pick me. Yeah. No, no. It's like, that, would be, that would be hard to argue. That against. would be hard to argue. Yeah. Um, and, and people weren't necessarily happy with the Nemitz pick. He's obviously not... Uh, at the, sa- at the same time, I, I saw a lot of you know people wanted Logan Cooley. Uh, no, and I understand that. I'm saying I think th- I think that Tom Fitzgerald made the right decision. Um, yeah, so I was happy with it. Yeah, no, point. I was happy with it. And you know, uh, after the draft, you know, a lot of, I read a lot of um, you know analysts, uh, you know, basically evaluations of uh, of the draft, and a lot of people had. Nemitz going actually number one overall. Well, there's a well. No, it was like he wasn't taken at the wrong spot. No, I, I, I there was no clear cut number two. Right. It was it was who could be taken there, and there was no clear cut number one. Nemitz, a right handed defenseman, that high. It's it's a it's a franchise changing changing player. You took Luke Hughes the year before as a lefty, and I just think the two of those guys, Hughes looks Hughes looks sick too. One of the things that I noticed about both of them is they both look really big. They do. They're six foot, six foot one, six foot two. Um, I think Hughes might be six two. Yeah, somewhere around there. But they both look really big, and they both can skate so well that you're like, damn. Very very smooth skaters. Damn, and they have such vision and skate the puck up the ice and can have a great first pass. Like we, we, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I feel like we have the offensive piece. We don't have every offensive piece. We need wingers. That's everyone knows that. Right. But I'm saying we have our core that we're going to be able to build build around. We saw a dynasty, New Jersey Devils, right. win three Stanley Cups. We were built around defense, and we were built around goaltending. So, it's like to see, but to see them take Luke Hughes, Simone Nemitz back to back. It's like finally we we bring in Dougie. We got John Marino. We got Siegenthaler. It's like we finally have a, a serious back, back end. end. It's it's it, it's it's so and you, encouraging. And you have Ball and Hutuk and CS Casey yeah. and like all these people, and it's like whoa. And the thing about defensemen is you can trade a defenseman for a winger any day of the week. Right. That's an easy trade. They Just the the equity in them is just through the roof. So it would be sick if we can get a franchise goalie, though. Like a franchise franchise goalie. You know who looks sick is the kid playing for Czechia right now. Yeah. He's nuts. And a, he's a Steve Eiserman fourth-round pick. He looks really good. Um. Which I wouldn't be surprised if Czechia won the whole thing. They look pretty dominant. Yeah. And and Finland looks good as well. Finland looks great, yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, it's it's been uh it's it's been heartbreaking, but it's still like 
pretty fun because this is the first time that we've had any hockey to watch that's meant anything in around Christmas in years. Yeah, I mean, for the past five years, I mean, we had the Taylor Hall, we had the Taylor Hall Hall year, obviously, but um, this is way better than that. I, no, I, I'm saying it. We we're not getting blown. We're not getting blown out no, in we're any in game. Every and game. We're, we're in every single game. It's it's very it's very apparent, you know. And t- even when we're down in the third, we have teams on their heels and. You know that was that was a heartbreaker last night. That goal, you know, it's a great tip uh, by Bergeron, but that's why he's Patrice Bergeron. It is, you know, uh, you know, I I thought it was a little fluky being at the game, but then kind of actually, you know, watching watching the game today, you know, again, that's why. And he had a Patrice goal. Bergeron is he, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, and he had a goal in the twenty third. He had a big goal too. And that's and that's you know that's a good play, that's what great players do and that's the stuff that we have. But to it work. wasn't a major it wasn't a major breakdown no. in any way. You know Not it, at all. it wasn't you especially know. for having two kids on the back end. Like Ohutsa could be a real player, dude. I I believe it. I was super high on him too. No, we I mean how we were so jazzed we about him. him 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 being you, when they when we got the. You, you know what I did was I I went back and I listened to my third podcast where. I was down in the basement and I picked all the games by month what the Devils' record would be. And the Devils have three more wins than what I have them projected to be, to win. Well, that's a good thing. It is a good thing because the point was they and we could have we could have won so many of the games that we lost is what the most important thing is. Anyway, the, what I was getting at is they're they're um, I had them being one of the top three teams in the division and getting into the playoffs. I didn't have them making a, having to win a wild card spot, so it, they seem to be on track above above where we expected, and um, they did it all without Palat. They did the whole thing without Palat, and we've talked about this a lot, where. I don't want to say that I, I was making excuses, but I'm saying you have to take this into context that we've had a lot of injuries. I don't, a- I don't, don't like the injury excuse because every team has them, dude. I, and I totally understand that, but I'm saying you do have to take in, in into context. We almost just beat the best team in the league with, without yeah, Graves, yeah. Marino, Palat. Bastion, who else is out? Um, no, I, I get you it. know. I'm just saying it, it's it's th- those are pretty core pieces. No, you know those are those aren't guys that that are you know just in the rotation might be a healthy scratch or something like that. You know th- those are guys that are going to be important. Yeah, but forward. like Boston won all those games and they didn't have McAvoy and they didn't have Rashawn and like. You have to do it. You do. You do. It's part of it. It's part of the game, man. You're saying it, we're we're still in these games even with all those injuries. Yeah, no, so. the Devils have definitely turned a corner. Those are a good hockey team. They were not a good hockey team last year or the year before. It's like we are actually a legit hockey team who is playing very sound, 
structural, offensive. You'd like to see him maybe get a little heavier, get a little chippier. Yeah, I I don't think that any Devil fan could disagree with that. So this weekend, um, I don't know how many of you guys, how many Devils slash Fish fans there are, but we're going to see Fish in Madison Square Garden. We're going to be staying in the city. And um, so we're going tomorrow night, the 30th, and then we are going on New Year's Eve. And I have a ticket. It's behind the stage, so if you stream the show, you're going to be looking directly at the stage. And you can see all the people behind them. And I'm like 15 to 20 rows up behind them. I'm going to be rocking my Devil's jersey in Madison Square Garden. So catch me on the stream. Catch me outside. I will also be wearing a Devil's jersey. <laughs> yeah, so um, my wife is disgusted with me. I'm pretty much packing. I have three Devil's jerseys because we're going to the game on Sunday at the Rock. So New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Against Carolina. Big one. Um, so I'm wearing a Devil's jersey tomorrow night to the Garden. Can we talk? I'll, can we talk about last New Year's Day? Oh, last New Year's Day was sick. But I, you know what? I started. Um, oh man, who did I see? I went to a concert at the Garden, and I, and I wore my Devil's jersey, and I had so many compliments, especially from Islanders fans. Islanders fans love it. They hate the Rangers just as much as we do. Right. Um, so there's a lot of camaraderie, but I think like. I told myself I can never not wear my devil's jersey to the garden ever again. So um, it might not be very fashionable for the whole day leading up to the, de- to the fish show. When we, we were going to, uh, we're going to some cool sushi, uh, sushi spot on uh, new year's Eve. And then we're, we got this reservation for this pretty trendy douchey place in the meatpacking district for tomorrow night, but it should be fun. Anyway, it should be good, some good people watching and the food's pretty good. I've been there before. Um, <clears throat> but I might not look like the coolest person there rocking the devil's jersey. You'd be the coolest person in my eyes. But, <laughs> but, what, the, but what the hell do I care? <laughs> Who am I trying to impress? Um, but yeah, I mean, last year we went to the game. That was on New Year's Eve. Because we took the train back into the city. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And we played the Oilers and Dougie scored with, like under a minute left. And then Jack Hughes scored. Mike Smith was just Yeah, awful. I mean, he shot it, like, right into Mike Smith's it chest. Went right through his so body, and he way. fell yeah. into the... Into he was, the like, ghost dead. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I'm pumped. We got an exciting couple days coming up, and uh, it should be fun. But tomorrow night's going to be a big one. We're probably going to be streaming the game on our phone at the show. Yeah. I know. Our priorities are all fucked up. It's all right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. I hope everybody had a good holiday, good Christmas, good Hanukkah, good all that. And, uh, it's a good time to be a Devils fan. It lost eight and nine, but we're still second place in the Metro and we have, we have so much promise ahead of us. We're going to get Andre Palat back. All good things are going on. Don't worry about it. Keep your head up. The world's not caving in on you. And uh, 2023. Future looks bright. The future looks bright. So, uh, yeah, we'll record maybe after the game on New Year's Day, depending on what happens. Um, We need these. These are big games. These are four-point games coming up, which are my favorite. And then uh, you get a little bit of a break. 
with Detroit and St. Louis, who St. Louis is struggling, and you get them at home. This is a good opportunity for the Devils to kind of get back on a on the right side of things. And they got the they're doing the the dad and mentor trip. So they got all their 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 pops and their their father figures with them for this game in Pittsburgh. You can't let your dad down. Can't let it happen. And they want to win bad. So I think tomorrow the Devils right the ship. And I expect a big game. I think Mackenzie Blackwood is going to end up playing. And uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna put together a strong performance and get things ready. And then Sunday is gonna be a real test because Carolina is no joke, and that's gonna be a tough one. And that's gonna. You're gonna have to put your big boy pants on. That's gonna be a close one. And if you're gonna beat them, you're gonna have to play some tough hockey. And you're gonna have to do a lot of things in the dirty parts of the ice that uh, some teams aren't willing to do. And Carolina does them really well. So, um, but you win those two games. And that changes everything. That flips the script, and the Devils are right back to it, right back to where they were. So, um, from the trap, I am Billy Botch. Got my brother Kyle with me, and we are about to bring in the new year, twenty twenty three, headed our way. Kyle, happy new year, New Year's, everyone. We used to be number 10, now we permanently won in the battle, lost my finger. Mike became my arm, pistol, nozzle, it's nasal. Blood becomes my warm, tell them, come on, be easy, now I squeeze this so much. Test why cleft, see that flesh get scorned. Beats so bad, make you feel like you ain't wanting to be born, John. Tell your friends, stay that hell out of my lord. Chicken drawers became dead drawers, stealing chicken from my form. I'm not the dead kitchen. If you're my theosis, then I'm bringing all hate to Cecilia. Nobody shoot me. My body's made a hand grenade. Girl bled to death while she was drunk and send the razor blade. That sounds sick, maybe one day I'll ride the horror. Blackula comes to the ghetto. Jackson Nakula. Stevie Wonder sees crack babies. Be clinging the knees in their own families. I'ma get them come, you know what we soon done. Gun by my side just in case I got the rum. A boy on the side of Babylon trying to front like you're down with Mount Zion.
Come broken TPs, who that be? Enemy, wanna see the death of me From Hawaii to Hawthorne, I run marathons like Ultra Watan, I'm a true champion like Farrakhan, reaches Delhi, Quran It's a phenomenon, lyrics, that's like Ramadan What's going on?